Welcome to the Casper Wellness Podcast. Get armed with the latest in health, science, and technology to discover a new approach to wellness. Our mission is to enable knowledge so that people can reach their full potential and discover what optimum health means to them. I'm Maria Yuganovsky, entrepreneur, health enthusiast, and the founder of Casper Wellness. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Casper Wellness. Today, we're she has a master's in um, dietetic practice and a bachelor of applied science and she's also the founder of um, good food for a good mood but firstly I want to I want to kind of ask how did you become a dietitian and what inspired you to get your master's from um, obviously being an electrical engineer we had a bit of a chat <laughs> before she has an amazing CV um, so how did you transition into learning about food yeah. and well, I think it's fairly typical, I suppose, of um, our generation to have like a million different jobs. Yes. <laughs> um, yes I is. did, yeah, straight out of school, was told, right, you know, maths, physics, you'll be an engineer. I was like, okay. Um, wasn't really for me, but I suppose I've always loved science um, and problem solving and, and, and figuring out the answers to things. So uh, from engineering, kind of evolved into finance for a while, and that allowed me to travel the world, and that was that was great. It um, was helpful for a time of my life. But then I kind of decided it wasn't as rewarding as I wanted it to be anymore. Um, I think I wanted to move. This is this is my like cliche catchphrase, but I wanted to stop stealing people's wealth and help people with their health. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I know it's so cliche, yeah, but that that good. is where it came from, and I think I wanted. Um, to actually have a, you know, a, a solid, um, you know, some sort of degree behind me to actually have a profession where I, um, I felt confident to, to talk about people's health and potentially, you know, travel the world. Yeah, maybe not. Not right now. <laughs> not right now, but <laughs> yeah, use that to, I suppose, yeah, share knowledge and help people have healthier lifestyles. Yeah. So just so, uh, and I know a lot of people are probably asking this, but can you please explain what's the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist? Yeah, well, as you said, both very valuable. Um, you're always going to find, you know, useful and unuseful practitioners in, in any field. Um, so the, the main difference between um, a dietitian and a nutritionist, dietitian usually has an extra level of um, qualifications. So in my case, I have a master's. And we also have a governing body that looks over everything we do. So um, we always have to be evidence-based and anything we say or sell or spruik um, has to be backed up by evidence and we have, um, you know, governance um, monitoring things that we're, that we're doing in the public. Um, so that's, that's where we're held accountable, I suppose. And that's important. I mean, I, I guess um, typically one would go and see a dietitian if they have a, a chronic illness like diabetes or Crohn's disease. Yeah, or, well, um, we have that, um, that sort of um, basic sort of medical training to, to deal with those chronic diseases and work in a hospital yeah. um, where other um, nutritional professions can't work in hospitals. Um, so, so that is, is quite a useful skill that we have as well. Yeah, and I suppose, you know, nutrition is always um, a long game. So we are trying to deal with people's um, chronic illnesses and help with, you know, healthy lifestyle changes that can, that can help with those chronic conditions. Yeah, because yeah. it's a long-term strategy, peeps. It's not like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have a banana today and that's it. Exactly, it's like exactly. looking at 
the whole thing. So yep. tell us tell us more about um, good food and good mood. Now I know you started. Uh, you were DJ as well. She forgot to mention that she used to DJ as well. <laughs> and you started um, doing some workshops in festivals. Yeah. Um, uh, on on. Um, on diet and, mm -hmm. and what people should be doing. And I know hydration is, is a key one, especially if you're going to a festival. And at the moment, no one's going to festivals. But <laughs> I do still think that hydration is is super important. So um, give us your thoughts yeah, on that. Yeah, well, look, I think any health professional will um, talk to the positives about being hydrated. Um, for me specifically, in the, um, the Good Food for a Good Mood workshops, that I was bringing to music festivals um, prior to this. It was more about that sort of prehydration before you might start um, a drinking bender for a few days, as well as drinking uh, water while you're drinking, consuming alcohol or other substances. I think most people know the importance of hydration during drinking alcohol, but no one was that aware that it is just as important, maybe even more important to sort of be like pre-gaming yeah. and making sure you're fully hydrated to a, a great point before you start your bender or, or whatever's happening. So that was what I was sort of bringing to the music festivals. But now I also, it, it's so relevant to everyday life, especially Absolutely. isolation life as well. It's so easy to forget to drink water. I feel like even though we might have this simpler way of life at the moment, there's, you know, people at home that are um, juggling homeschooling, they're juggling their own <laughs> their own work life. They're trying to do so many things and cooking every meal at home as well, which I love, and I'm so happy that people are <laughs> really? cooking meals at home and, and loving it. But I understand it's it's an effort as well. It so is. water can sometimes get pushed to the side, um, and that's really important for the stresses in your body. So if you are dehydrated, that can cause so many stress responses in your body, which in turn can, you know, raise your cortisol levels or can, can affect you mentally as well. And, you know, sometimes if you've just got like a tummy ache or, or all this brain fog people talk about in the afternoon, that can simply just be dehydration as well, yeah. which is so easy to forget about. So easy to forget yeah. about, especially, like you said, especially when we're kind of juggling a few different tasks at the one time. Um, and then you, you reach for the tea or you reach for the coffee and you forget to reach for that glass of water. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and, and, and we do. And I, I find, I mean, I'm fortunate that um, I have a space to come to and, and work out of. Um, but on the days that I am at home, homeschooling, it is one of the most simplest and easiest things to do that mm -hmm. does get pushed aside. Yeah. But you touched on, on, on mental health. Um, a, a little bit and, and how uh, it can affect uh, how dehydration can affect the way you think sometimes yeah. and and what have you so people that are, uh, are probably a little bit anxious during this time given the circumstances or have lost their job or you know they've got a couple of you know kids at home that are you know all homeschooling there's a lot of stress um, stress triggers Already in, in those stress. environments yeah um, how important is it for those people and all of us to make sure uh, that they get their, their ample intake, which is, I'm assuming, eight glasses a day. Exactly. The, the, the eight glasses a day is such a, a loose term which people will try to debunk and yes. say it's ridiculous. 
it just means, you know, a, a standard glass. So it's roughly 250 mils. So it's roughly two litres. But it is just supposed to be a loose term just to remind you to just have a glass at a time. You don't have to go and try to scull a litre or two litre <laughs> at a time. Just have a glass. Every time you stand up and do your little stretches when you're working from your desk, because we all should be moving more and just, you know, yeah, stretching your back out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an exercise physiologist, but I do know that one. <laughs> just have a little glass of water as well. So that's really good but also food which is what I love there is so much um, fluid in food that we can forget as well but it's in things like fruits and vegetables which of course are my favorite foods to talk about Um, and they're also in drinks as well so you know caffeine's a bit of a contentious one so maybe you know caffeine can be dehydrating so the, the water and the caffeine in the coffee may cancel each other out but something like a low caffeine tea is still water so okay. you don't have to beat yourself up about not having um, pure water if, if you're having a, a low caffeine tea. Um, what about decaf? Yep, decaf's perfect. There's still water in that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So you oh, still... my God. Yeah, decaf? Yep, yep. yep. Yes. <laughs> decaf coffee, low, low caffeine, herbal teas. Um, I don't know if people drink kombucha or yeah. um, milk. Milk is actually super hydrating. Yeah, I can't do milk. Can't do milk? No, but, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that can't do milk, but I can do <laughs> almond milk. Well, that's actually full of water. That is like the main the main ingredient is okay. water, All even right. though I'm, I'm not anti-almond milk. But um, most of these milks have, you know, the main ingredient is water. The fact that they have a little bit of um, sugar, which is usually from the lactose, or they have a bit of fat in them, actually can help... Um, help hydrate you a little bit quicker but still water is still the answer coconut water whatever you prefer just drink it just Just drink it it. I like that as long as it's not alcohol (laughs) well actually funny you say that I could tell you something about beer but that's for another podcast podcast. but tell us um okay so we we spoke a little bit earlier about the vega the uh, vagus nerve. Vagus nerve. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't know much about it. I know a little mm-hmm. bit about it, but I don't yep. know much about it. So explain to us why uh, good food is um, and and hydration is, is good for uh, the vagus nerve. Yeah. Nerve. So that's um, one of the things I love to talk about in my workshops. I mean, I'm not a psychologist and I'm, I'm not an expert on the, on the brain and brain function, but I am an expert on food and how our body, um, you know, breaks it down and what it does with the food. Um, so, and what I do know what science says about the current situation of food and the gut and the brain and the connection between them. So we have this vagus nerve, which joins the gut and the brain together. Um, and it's kind of like this big communication highway, this two way street. So your brain is talking to your gut and your gut is talking to your brain constantly. And the way they do that is through, um, all the different like microbes and hormones and, um, neurotransmitters and things that are running through your brain, all these like trillions of chemical reactions that are happening every second of every day. Um, So you want to make sure that they're sending the right signals and they're communicating the right way to each other. And what sort of the evidence is telling us is that is really important to the the gut microbiota or the microbiome, or you may have heard some of these gut health um, words lately. So we know that the bacteria in our gut, so we'll we'll call them the the microbes, they're the ones that are responsible for, you know, producing all these these signals that are going to the brain. So you want to make sure you're feeding the right bacteria down there. And what feeds bacteria in your gut is any undigestible food that we eat 
You digest everything in your small intestine and that gets absorbed. Your vitamins, your minerals, your fats, your proteins, your carbohydrates all get absorbed into the bloodstream and do what they need to do. The rest goes to your gut, your large bowel, and that's where these undigestibles, so they're your, your fibres, like the prebiotics, you're probably yeah, you know, yeah that, that yeah. term, they can feed this these good bacteria and, and feed them so they um, send the right signals, I suppose. And if you don't feed them, they the evidence is showing that they can actually eat away the mucosal lining of oh, our... Of yes. our yeah, and that can lead to... Um, problems with our immune system and inflammation which are then all issues with our with our mental health as well so it's all connected and it's so, so fascinating so and connected. so complex and everybody is so different as well so there's never going to be one magic food it's all about um feeding fibers to the gut and feeding as many different fibers to the gut so it's like you've got to think about it like an ecosystem down there you want as many different bacteria as possible like as diverse as possible and you want the good bacteria in high numbers okay. so you want to feed those good bacteria so they can multiply and you can increase the numbers but you also want to feed them lots of different fibers so so you can get such a diverse range so when you say lots of different fibers what what i mean i i I think fiber i think fruits Mm. i think veggies i think grains uh like yeah is is that what yeah exactly and then uh, when you say bacteria i think of (laughs) yogurt and um you know all of you know kombucha yeah exactly well there's kind of two ways of, of thinking about the things that will make it to the gut yeah is these undigestible fibers which are found in fruits and vegetables um whole grains your breads all, yeah. all your cereals but then you can also if if you're not, not going to feed the bacteria with fiber you can just add bacteria okay. which is where you get your kombucha ah, i got so, you so those are fermented foods they they make bacteria yeah yeah and you're yeah. eating the bacteria then so you're either adding bacteria in by eating it okay or you are feeding the good bacteria with fiber so oh, okay. yeah, that's, that's kind that's of two ways. A really good yeah, point. Kind of two I, ways to yeah, think about it. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Um, which is what your inner health pluses and things like that. That's that's you know got live bacteria in it. Or you know now we've all got so much time on our hands, we can make sourdough bread. We can make um, kimchi. Um, yes, kombuchas. kimchi. Oh my god, I love kimchi. I actually <laughs> really dislike it, but I know how good it is. That's good. It's good for you. <laughs> so there's no real that. So either either's good. Yep. Doesn't yeah. matter, whatever, whatever yeah. you like. Um, I think, I think, always best of a combination of, of all of that. Yeah. Can you overdose on good bacteria? <laughs> just, 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 um, just asking. I'm not sure. Toxicity. I'll have to look that up. Okay. Sorry, I'm not sure. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Just, just, right. Let that bit out. <laughs> um. So, all right. So, just to um to recap. And, um, and and to let our audience know during this time, um, as we are all in isolation, uh, what are the three things that you would highly recommend as a dietitian mm-hmm. for everyone at home? Just a general rule okay. of thumb. Rule of thumb yeah. would definitely have to be variety. So as variety. we just said, we want that diversity in our gut. Yes, variety of foods, colours of the rainbows, you know, that's that's like so important. Um I don't know, if you don't like many fruits, you know, you can mix them up in like blenders and juices and things like that. So you can get a mixture of the fruits at least. And then that way you might like throw a few curveballs in there that you're not used to, to eating. But variety would be key. 
um, consistency as well. So like I said with, with how, how useful the fibre is, the problem is it's short-lived, these, these health benefits of the fibres. So okay. getting to your gut, you need to consistently be getting fibre to your gut. So you can't just eat one fibre-rich um, meal a week or something and think, great, I'm getting fibre in. We need about 25 to 30 grams of fibre a day. So what does that look like? When you say 25 to 30 grams, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Say, for example, if, a, if an orange has got you know, 10 grams and an apple's got well, five. Or... I mean, some, some things I, I kind of recommend is like maybe in, with your afternoon snack or something, um, instead of reaching for the... the the easy option, which may be the Maltesers or something like you were talking about before. You know, if you did like a, a cup of mixed fruit or something, that could easily add anywhere between sort of 7 to 11 grams of fibre. Okay. And that is just in a little afternoon snack. Okay. So, and that's about like one cup of sort of mixed fruit. Yeah, um, yeah. I, you know, trying to be general here because I don't want people to then just eat an orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want sure. kind of that or maybe some vegetable sticks with some hummus or something like that. That could even be a little bit more... Maybe we're talking more about, I don't know, 10, 10 to 14 kind of grams of fibre. So that could be, oh, I'm sorry. And this, the quantity there may be more like one and a half sort of cups of like chopped vegetable sticks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So again, it's, it's, sort, of, it's sort of loose, but the um, recent health surveys done in Australia is showing that no one is meeting the recommended, or hardly anyone is, is meeting the recommended um, intake of fibre. Which is so, twenty five. Which is twenty five to thirty grams a day. So, so and that's, that's scary. That, it is scary, but it's not like now. I'm just talking to you, it's not unachievable. It's exactly, it's not. You know, it's not. Like and if you, you have... if you try to just add a little bit in at each meal, then that's that's great. Just keep it consistent. You know, don't just have one great day, and then let it all sort of fall away. Which, which everyone falls into the trap of that. You know, I ate so well yesterday, and this and. Again, I feel like there's a huge psychology behind that about I ate well, I ate good food, now I'm going to eat bad foods. There's this psychology, which is, again, not a psychologist, but that can get you into these um, vicious sort of loops. So it's about consistency, variety, and I hate to say it, moderation. (laughs) Every dietitian talks about moderation, but it is. Enjoy um, your sometimes foods when you want because that contributes to good mood as well we're forgetting about these short-term good mood effects as well which are fantastic um just don't think oh my god i blew it i ate maltesers i'm i'm going to skip dinner because i'm calorie counting or something like that would be the worst thing make sure you still have dinner and have all those beautiful vegetables in your dinner and feed your gut those amazing fibers yeah yeah. Um, just because you didn't get any fiber from the potatoes doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. <laughs> they serve a purpose, but just make sure you still have dinner and you still incorporate lots of fibers in your dinner. Yeah, that's yeah. actually really good advice. That yeah. in dialogue, I think we're all guilty of that in a dialogue. Of, Definitely. You know what? Um, I've been good today. Oh my god, I fell off the bandwagon. Why'd you fall off the bandwagon? And there's this constant go, you know, toing and froing in your mind. But that's super, uh, super good advice. It's just like you know what? Enjoy it. Yeah. Have it, enjoy it, but still have your, you know, your your healthy dinner or yeah. lunch later. Yeah, exactly. Um, thank you so much. This was so insightful. Oh, great. Um, thank you. I love having thank you in you the so studio. Thank you so much. No, absolute <laughs> pleasure. And I uh, can't wait to chat to you very, very soon. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Casper Wellness Podcast. Subscribe at www.casperandcasper.com.au for the latest information in an integrated approach to health.